Hey everyone, welcome back to Money on a Mission, episode three. Today, we're gonna talk about 10 things the Bible says are more valuable than money. Let's get started. With all the challenges money brings, how can we manage our finances in a way that aligns with our values? To answer this question, I've looked to mentors, books, and most importantly, the Bible. Join me as we seek to glorify God and love others in the way we manage our finances. This is Money on a Mission. All right, welcome back to Money on a Mission. I think this is going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about 10 things that the Bible says are more valuable than money. So last time we established that money really isn't this thing that we often make it out to be. In reality, it's vanity. And it's not about money in itself. It's about using it for the mission that God has for us. Instead of setting our hearts on money, we should set our hearts on God. So today we're going to talk about 10 things that that entails, 10 things that we can pursue before pursuing money. So knowing these things can serve us in a couple of ways. First, we need to keep these things prioritized in our minds and in our hearts above money. Second, we can choose our actions to align with these by pursuing them before we pursue money. This takes effect in our working and our earning to make sure that we don't sacrifice these things in order to make money, and also in our spending, because of all the things that we want to avoid spending money on, there are things that are definitely worth spending money on, and some of these might be examples of those. Okay, before we get started, a few prefaces. Many of these categories are found all over the Bible, but the whole premise of this podcast is the Bible verses that specifically talk about money. So the verses that I'll read here are not necessarily all of the verses on these topics. They're just the ones that reference finances specifically. So that means that this list is not in any way a list of the most important concepts in the Bible. It's only a list about the things that are compared directly to money. So we'll just keep that in mind as we go through these. They, they might appear in different places all over the Bible, and they might have several verses which talk about money, but that doesn't mean they're the most important things. The Bible has a ton to say. We're just talking about specifically finances. Another thing to note is some of these passages are clear directives that say, do this, don't do that, or this is more valuable than money. But others are examples, so we'll look at characters in the Bible who have chosen things above money. In both cases, we're able to find the same takeaways. All right, lastly, as I read through these, I'll pick a handful that describe each concept the best, but if you want more, go to the website for the show notes where I'll have a list of all the verses on each of these categories. Okay, let's get started. First, Righteousness and integrity. This one made sense to just combine the two concepts into one since they're often referenced together in different verses. But one and two, righteousness and integrity. These ones are everywhere. We'll just start with Proverbs alone. First, righteousness. Proverbs 10.2, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Proverbs 10.16, the wage of the righteous leads to life the gain of the wicked to sin. Proverbs 10.20 The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, the heart of the wicked is of little worth. Proverbs 11.4 Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. 
Proverbs 11.28 Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. All right, now for integrity. Proverbs 19.1 Better is a poor person who walks in his integrity than one who is crooked in speech and is a fool. Proverbs 19.22 What is desired in a man is steadfast love, and a poor man is better than a liar. Proverbs 21.6 The getting of treasure by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Proverbs 28.6 Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. And that's only a handful of these verses. Clearly, these concepts were incredibly important to Solomon as he wrote the Proverbs. And it's obvious why. Just like we talked about last episode, money can become an idol for a lot of people, and it's incredibly tempting to forego righteousness and integrity in the pursuit of money. And that's why these two concepts are compared to money directly so many times. In all that the Bible has to say about righteousness, I think the two passages that best sum it up are Proverbs 16.8 and Psalm 37.16. Proverbs 16.8 says, Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. And Psalm 37.16 says, Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of the wicked. Those two just drive it home for me. It is better to have little money but to live righteously than to deny righteousness, forego your integrity, and pursue money. God wants our hearts to be in the right condition and our actions to be in the right order, not for us to be pursuing money. Okay, in case you're still not convinced, here's an example of a man who did the opposite and lied about his money. Acts 5 verses 1 through 5. A man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last, and great fear came upon all who heard it. This guy lies in order to think he can hide some money, and he just dies on the spot. So do you think God takes this pretty seriously? I do. I would much rather be honest, tell the truth, live with integrity than deny any of that to hold on to or gain some more money. It's better to have righteousness. It's better to have integrity than it is to have money. So how do we apply this to our lives? Always live with righteousness and honesty. Always do the right thing and always tell the truth. Don't let money tempt you into sin. Specifically, do not try to make money in unrighteous or dishonest ways. We'll talk about this a lot more in the episode on how to earn money, but for now, suffice it to say that we need to be righteous in the ways that we earn. Okay, can you have both? Righteousness, integrity, and money? Yeah, absolutely. This is not a one or the other trade-off. It is, however, a strong reminder that if there's ever a conflict between the two, righteousness and integrity should always win. In conclusion, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God can provide us with money. He can provide us with everything that we need, but it is not our jobs to seek after money in itself. It's our job to seek after the kingdom of God and righteousness and integrity. God will take care of all the rest.
All right, number three, humility. The Bible talks about pride and humility all the time. You've probably heard pride comes before the fall. That's Proverbs 16, 18. Or humility comes before honor. That's Proverbs 18, 12. Pride is also the sin that caused Lucifer to betray God and become Satan. And this only scratches the surface of the Bible's very clear message on the importance of humility. Specifically in reference to money, it's only compared a few times, but we can still find the same takeaway. Proverbs 16, 19 makes this pretty clear. It is better to be of lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. God would rather have us be of humble spirit and poor than be rich and proud. Pride is the biggest sin that can separate us from God. If we start to think that we have earned the money and we deserve this, and this is all because of how great we are, then we're missing the whole point, which is to pursue God first, just like we talked about in the last two concepts. Another great verse on this is Ezekiel 28, 4 through 7. By your wisdom and your understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered gold and silver into your treasuries. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth. Okay, so far we've done well. We've been wise, increased wealth. There's nothing wrong here yet. This is simply using the gifts that God gave you to earn some money and to do well for yourself in the world. But let's keep reading. Your heart has become proud in your wealth. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart of a God, therefore, behold, I will bring foreigners upon you, the most ruthless of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. So because of the pride in their hearts in thinking that they were like God because they had earned wealth for themselves, God sent attackers to steal it all from them. Is this because God doesn't want them to have wealth or he wants to punish them? No, it's because he loves them so much, he wants to remove the things standing in the way of their humility and thus standing in the way of their relationship with him. So humility is so important, not because God doesn't want us to do well in this life, but because he wants our hearts so badly, he wants us to love him and pursue him so badly, and he knows that pride is the biggest obstacle and stumbling block to founding that relationship. So he insists in the Bible over and over that we do not let pride get in the way of our relationship with him. Okay, let's move on to number four, wisdom. This is another one like righteousness and integrity, which are all over scripture, but especially in the book of Proverbs. Here's a handful of them that we can read. Proverbs 3, 13 through 15. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you can desire can compare with her. Proverbs 8, 10-11 Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Proverbs 8, 18-19 Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Proverbs 20, 15. There is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. Proverbs 23, 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. By wisdom, instruction, and understanding. 
This isn't even all of them, but it definitely gives us an idea of the value of wisdom and the emphasis that Solomon placed on it when he was writing the Proverbs. There's a couple things that I noticed from all these verses. First, wisdom is more precious than gold. We should value wisdom and knowledge more than we value money. This means both mentally and practically. First, we need to acknowledge wisdom in its proper place in our minds. But second, we should be willing to spend our money to gain wisdom. Let's look back at Proverbs 23.23. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. We'll go into more detail when we talk about spending later on. But for today, just talking about wisdom, we can definitely see that this is something that's probably worth spending money on. Now, what that looks like exactly in your life and what type of education that means spending money on can be totally different. But just as a general concept, if we can learn, if we can gain wisdom, if we can then serve people more with that wisdom, then it's probably worth investing some time and some money into learning those things. Now, we need to evaluate every purchase before you make it, but if you're trying to decide between a new shirt or a new book, I'd consider Proverbs 23.23 and probably lean towards that book. Okay, the second thing I noticed from these verses is that wisdom is not just better than money in and of itself, but also for its fruit. Proverbs 8.18 said, Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. Proverbs 24.3-4 By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant things. So wisdom is valuable also because of what it produces. We're able to work and provide value to other people because of the knowledge we have. I take my car into the shop because of the knowledge the mechanics have to fix it. So workers receive their pay in return for the knowledge that they provide. The more knowledge, the more wisdom the more valuable we can be to others or to an employer. There's an old story about this that goes, there was a power plant that powered a whole city, and one day it shut down. The city was dark, the plant's losing money by the thousands, so the manager calls a specialist to fix the problem. He walks in, goes to a wall entirely filled with electrical boxes, grabs a ladder, opens one up, it's filled with wires and screws. He pulls out a screwdriver and he tightens one screw half a turn. The power plant fires back up and everything's up and running. The manager says, thank you so much. You saved our city. You saved our power plant and all the employees. How much do I owe you? The electrician says, $10,000. Manager says, what? All you did was turn one screw. Can I get an itemized receipt for that? Electrician says, no problem. And writes down on a piece of paper. Turning a screw, $1. Knowing which screw to turn, $9,999. The manager simply nods, signs the check, says thanks for your work. This is just a silly story, but it could be replaced with any other example to show the value of wisdom and knowledge and the fruit that it can produce by being able to use that knowledge to serve others. So let's wrap up this section on wisdom with the story of Solomon himself. When he's appointed king over Israel, God appears to him in a dream and says, ask what I shall give to you. God was offering Solomon anything that he desired. If God says, ask what I shall give to you, the options are literally limitless. God was offering Solomon anything that he desired, but this is how Solomon chose to respond. Second Chronicles 1, 10 through 12. Give me now wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people, for who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? God answered Solomon. Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, 
honor, or the life of those who hate you, and have not even asked for long life, but you have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people over whom I have made you king, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you, and none after you shall have the like. Because Solomon asked God for wisdom, not only was his wish granted and he was made the wisest king, the wisest man to ever live, God also gave him everything else that he could have ever desired, possessions, wealth, honor, and he became the wealthiest, the greatest, the most honored man and the most honored king of Israel that the world had seen. But it wasn't because he pursued the money first. It was because he pursued wisdom. Okay, we'll wrap up wisdom with that. Next, five, contentedness. This one is really interesting and it's really important as well. While we're talking about all these things that are better than money, so we need to realize that we can have them even if we don't have money, which in turn means that we can be content with what we have regardless of how much money we have. Let's look at some verses on this. First, it's one of the big ones in the Ten Commandments. Exodus twenty seventeen. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. We should be thankful for what we have and not spend our energy wanting what our neighbor has. There's the old saying of keeping up with the Joneses, but this verse says the exact opposite. We should not worry about keeping up with anyone or envying what anyone else has. So what should we do instead? Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So keep our life from the love of money. Just like we talked about last episode, love of money makes money an idol, which chokes out truth by becoming our master. Instead, we should be content with what we have, not covet our neighbor's goods, and be thankful, thankful for everything that God has given to us. So how do we do this? By remembering the last part of the verse. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. God is always with us and he gives us everything that we need. That means we don't need anything else. We don't need money. We don't need finances. We don't need possessions or wealth or anything in the world because God gives us everything. That leads us to the next verse, 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So first, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness or a focus on God first will satisfy every need. This verse also goes on to specifically say what it is that we need as a minimum in this world. If we have food and clothing, we will be content. The bar is pretty low. Notice here that Paul doesn't say, if we have a nice house, a fancy car, or a yard better than the neighbors. He simply writes, food and clothing. So if you have these things, Take a minute to orient and know that you can be thankful and content with just those. Aside from this, God gives us everything else. Identity, love, encouragement, and even the material things and blessings above and beyond that we need to survive and bless others. So what about the people who don't have these things? That's where working and earning an income, as well as giving and loving the poor, come into play. Those are two concepts we'll dive into a lot in their own episodes. Even in those unfortunate situations, though, 
we still can know that God is enough and God will provide everything that we need. Okay, now here's a tough question that I find myself asking when we talk about contentedness. If I'm supposed to be content, does that mean I give up my drive for success and my dreams for the future? I think the answer to that is absolutely not. The Bible has a ton to say about working hard and even about earning a good income. We'll devote a whole episode to that, but when we talk about working and earning, it's important to point it out here that contentedness does not mean complacency. It does not mean sitting still. We are called to move, to bless others, to strive for the fullness of what God has called us to accomplish. But in every step of that, we do need to always be thankful, always be grateful, and know that God has given us all that we need. To wrap up contentedness, let's look at what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This verse is quoted all the time. I think it's kind of cool that in a podcast about money, we get to put it in its proper context. Paul writes that he knows how to be happy and how to be thankful with much and with little because God provides everything that we need. All right, we've talked about five things so far that the Bible says are more valuable than money. Righteousness, integrity, humility, wisdom, and contentedness. For today, let's wrap it up with those five and we'll save the other five for next time. For more for Money on a Mission, make sure to subscribe so you get the new episodes as they launch. Also, add a rating and a review. The more five-star ratings we get, the more people we can impact with this message. Next, head to the website, moneyonamissionpodcast.com. There you can find show notes with all these verses and review of what we covered, as well as a place to enter your email address so you can join the newsletter. Third, I would love to engage with you on Instagram. My username is Ned Kingman. Like and comment on my posts and shoot a direct message if you have any questions or topics that you'd like covered on the show. Finally, most importantly, share this podcast. I'll ask every single time, if you think you've gotten any value out of this episode or think this podcast can provide value to anyone you know, please hit the share button in your podcast app, text this episode to a friend, or send them a link to the website so they can join the newsletter too. Let's work together and make sure we can impact as many people as possible, change the way our generation manages money. I hope and I pray that you've been blessed through this episode, and I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, glorify God, love others, and always manage your money on a mission.